Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, this summer we are reading Matthew Desmond's Evicted for our first ever Detroit Today book club. You can join our chats online or come to one of our community events or just tune in and call in during our book club conversations. All summer we're going to be talking about that book, which tells the story of the way that evictions help drive poverty in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're going to use that as the foundation for a larger conversation about housing insecurity here in southeast Michigan. Think of all the different ways that people face threats to their housing situation. Foreclosures, tax foreclosures, of course, evictions as well. Uh, we're going to have a number of events around the community. We're going to have a online uh, discussion at our Facebook page, which you can go to and type in uh, Detroit Today Book Club. You'll find that and can join. And then, of course, we're going to have conversations here on the show during the summer as well. Guests coming in to talk about those issues. And at the end of the summer, Matthew Desmond himself will join us for an entire hour of discussion about this subject here on Detroit Today. You can learn more about all of this at WDET.org. Up first today, today is, of course, the last day to register to vote in the August 7th primary elections in Michigan. And there's a lot at stake in these primaries, Democrats and Republicans are going to choose their nominees for governor, for congressional and legislative races, and a lot of other state, federal, and local positions. Here to talk about these primaries and the importance of not only registering to vote, but actually showing up for these elections are Detroit Today producer Jake Neer and Michigan Public Radio Network state capital reporter Shana Roth. Jake and Shana are co-hosts of WDET's weekly series called Mishmash, which breaks down statewide issues and explains to you why they matter. Their latest edition of Mishmash explores the primaries and the power of your vote in August. Jake and Shana, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Are you there, Shana? Yes, I am. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? <laughs> Very good. Uh, okay, Jake, you actually went out and talked to some voters about the primaries mm-hmm. and whether they planned to show up in August. Let's hear what people had to say when you asked them this question. Uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> in August, no. Why is that? I just never have. The biggest thing for the August primaries is that you're usually on vacation and, and you're not in town. And sometimes you don't appreciate the, the significance of um, what happens in the primaries. So I'm guilty. No. no, I don't know. I just don't vote. Do you plan on voting in the primaries in August? Yes, I do. And talk about why that w- that's important to you to show up. Oh, shoot. Well, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. You know, it help everybody if everybody votes. For one thing. Are you planning to vote in the uh, primaries in August? Yes, I do. Because if we don't turn out to vote, then we don't get what we complain about. And if we continue to complain, then we, don't, we won't get it. We'll just continue to walk around saying, that person did this, that person did that. But if your vote counts, get up, get your butt out there and vote. Do you plan on voting in the primaries coming up in August? No. You don't? no. Why is that? Because I'm, because I'm lazy. <laughs> so a couple big takeaways there, I yeah, would say. Yeah, those pretty, uh, pretty common threads among a lot of those. Yeah, well, and especially that last guy who is just super honest. I mean, way to go, I suppose, <laughs> that yeah. you're at least you're, you'll admit that uh, <laughs> it's laziness. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I it was so, sort of surprising to me how many people willingly said that they didn't want to be part of this electoral process and exercise their right to vote. And, um, you know, I heard a lot of people say, you know, it just didn't seem like it was worth their time, which was 
was sort of interesting to me. Yeah. I'm curious how you chose the folks you talked to and where you where you found people. Yeah. So this was pretty much right outside our building here in Midtown Detroit, mm-hmm. very close to Wayne State University, University's campus and on uh, the university's campus as well, which is even more interesting to me because, uh, you know, that's somewhere I think you'd expect a lot more people would be engaged in these issues mm-hmm. and, and interested in voting. So uh, and it's it's not entirely surprising because if you look at the turnout numbers for these elections, it's usually under 20 percent of the voting age population that actually comes out. And uh, the last time we had both Republicans and Democrats with uh, open primaries for governor, we didn't have an incumbent back in 2010. It was about 22 percent. That was actually a pretty good year yeah. for that, which is kind of scary. That's 80% of people who could vote did not show up. Decide not to not to pay, take part. Yeah, uh, Shana, so what's your pitch to people about why people should get registered and why they should show up on August 7th? Uh, well, there's a couple of things that Jake and I talked about on the most recent episode of Mishmash, which is, you know, if you like choices, this is when you're going to have the most choices. Uh, it has the biggest impact because there are the fewest number of voters that actually show up. And in a lot of cases, because of uh, how district lines are drawn, who you're choosing is going to be the actual winner of that election. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, all of those reasons aside, really, it's the least that you can do to impact the world you live in is to vote. You know, it doesn't cost you anything but time. And in a lot of cases, it's not a lot of time. You know, it takes a couple minutes to register. It takes maybe a few minutes of your day to go to the polls and actually vote. Um, And if we've seen anything in these last few years, it's that elections have consequences. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. the presidential race was so tight, especially in places like Michigan. And now President Donald Trump is appointing two Supreme Court justices, which completely flips the makeup of the highest court in our nation. So if you stayed home and you don't like what is happening, you know, it really shows that your vote does matter and it has an impact. And Mm -hmm. this election, because we're changing so many things, we don't have an incumbent for governor, it's going to have a huge impact. Yeah, just to pick a piggyback off of a couple of things you said there, Shana, the, the choices. I mean, I think we hear so much yeah. from people who don't vote or are sort of apathetic about the process that they just don't like their choices, sure. right? But in the primary, think of all the choices there are in a lot of these races. I mean, uh, very, very crowded on both sides for Democrats and Republicans in a lot of congressional districts and, and the, mm-hmm. on the for the governor's race. I mean, uh, this is really, I mean, when only 20% of people are showing up, I mean, this is when you actually are more likely to find a candidate that really more closely aligns with your values and in your sort of political uh, positions. Uh, and then, you know, if you wait until the general, it's kind of more of a crapshoot as to whether the 20% of people that you allow to make those decisions for you are going to pay pick someone that you uh, feel more passionate about or that you think is going to represent your ideas and your values. Sure. So so other than the governor's race, which, of course, we've talked a lot about here and people are talking about all over the state. We've had a lot of debates at this point between some of the, in, in some cases, just the Democratic or the Republican candidates. There's been one debate with all of them. Uh, what are some of the other races, though, that people ought to be paying close attention to? Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of choices in crowded primaries. The One of the ones that I'm really, really interested in is the 13th Congressional, uh, you know, John Conyers' old seat, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, a lot of people I've been, that I've talked to who live in that district say, 
I haven't really had a real decision to make, a real choice to make in this race my entire life. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Because John Conyers has always been the incumbent and he's always, you know, sort of been that that person. Now we have tons and tons of people running in for that seat and it's starting to get a little ugly. The gloves are starting to come off yes. in that race. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions as to, uh, you know, who is more, the you know, the most reliable or viable candidate, you know, these things and, and uh, you know, the, the also the prospect of someone who doesn't live in Detroit, a non-Detroiter representing that district is is an interesting uh, idea that, that has people talking uh, and that's getting a lot of national attention right now, I think, especially because one of the candidates were Sheeta Tlaib, uh, I think, has been sort of pointed out as someone who fits this mold of a, you know, a really energetic, very, very progressive candidate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who is sort of trying to st- challenge the even within the Democratic Party, the establishment there. Uh, and so there's sort of a lot of media attention on that, too. Yeah. Also, the 11th Congressional District, where uh, Dave Trott is retiring right now, just so many candidates on both sides with a lot of uh, interesting backgrounds. Uh, you have uh, someone like Tim Grimal, who was the State uh, State House Minority Leader Sunil Gupta, pr- brother of Sanjay Gupta mm-hmm. of CNN fame, uh, and and then on the Republican side, and there there are you know five candidates in the Democratic side, but bunch on the Republican side too. Lena Epstein, who ran Donald Trump's campaign here in Michigan, Carrie Benavolio, who had held that uh, seat for mm-hmm, a while, mm-hmm. uh, and then a lot of state uh, state uh, representatives and senators also. So. Uh, it's it's sort of that one. I have no idea what's going to happen yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Shana, what what do things look like on uh, your side of the state in terms of races other than the governor's race? Well, the ones that I've really been sort of paying attention to at this point is the the race for U.S. Senate. Um, mm-hmm. This is usually has in many years in the past been sort of a well, it's it's taking on you know the Debbie Stabenow powerhouse and has nobody has really been successful at unseating her. And it's interesting because we're down to two Republican contenders and. For those who've been paying attention, this is the race that Kid Rock, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, hamleted about. Right? Yeah, maybe he will, maybe he won't, and then it was definitely a no. Um, I think so that this was about is, selling uh, records. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he got exactly what he wanted out of that whole situation. Uh, but but right now, what we're down to is uh, Detroit businessman and veteran John James and Gross Point businessman and economic economist Sandy Pensler. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those two recently did a debate and it was very interesting to watch the two of them interact, talk about a race where the gloves are really coming off. This is one where they were really, you know, almost at some level, no hold bars, you know, attacking the integrity of the other person, you know, how pro-life are they? It really became a spitting contest over who is the most aligned with Trump. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is what could potentially shift this whole election and what makes it really interesting is this you know if if they one of them manages to unseat Debbie Stabenow then it seems like that would really be a sign that Michigan has become Trump country hmm. on the other hand if they don't it's it you know it's kind of business as usual Stabenow has a war chest that would you know make any pirate blush and so it's really something that is interesting to see and is going to be interesting to watch and see how those two are interacting with each other you know during the debate they really were focused on attacking each other not so much on attacking debbie stabenow yeah um so let's talk a little about the governor's race which i said we've talked about a lot on this show and has gotten a lot of attention crowded primaries on mm-hmm. on both sides mm-hmm. uh, and and we see this 
each time that the governor's race is wide open, that there's not an, an incumbent. I think one of the things that surprised me has been how nasty the Republican side mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. in this race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shana, uh, talk about Bill Schuette and Brian Kelly and how <laughs> how nasty that contest has gotten. Yeah, I mean, it's what I love is are the debates and watching the debates. And it's during those debates that you kind of really see the gloves kind of come off. And it, and it almost seems like in those debates, uh, Callie was focused on, you know, going after Shooty and attacking Shooty's record and attacking what Shooty has done, whereas Shooty would stand there and he would he was focused on quote, Gretchen Whitmer and the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to watch kind of who who these players are really fighting against. And it seems like in the Republican Party, Schuette is already fighting against the Democrats. He's already, you know, focused on the next stages, whereas Callie and Colbeck and Hines, they're all still, they're all kind of gathering up and, att- and have been attacking Schuette which is something kind of an interesting thing to watch. And another thing about the Republican side is you also have uh, Patrick Colbeck, who hasn't only been sparring with people within his own uh, race, but he's also been sparring with uh, Abdul El-Sayed on the Democratic side and about, you know, there's been this whole controversy uh, and this feud about, you know, the Colbeck slinging some uh, statements about Abdul Al-Sayed that have not been proven about the Muslim Brotherhood. So it's been interesting to watch not just how things have gotten, uh, how they're fighting amongst each other, but also how they're fighting with the other side. Yeah, yeah. Jake, the the Democratic side has been pretty spirited too. Mm -hmm. uh, And I think it's hard to, to sort of sort out how strong some of the challengers to the presumed favorite Gretchen Whitmer will ultimately be on election day some of them have made some noise mm-hmm. but i'm not sure that they're going to get the votes to to knock her off well there. yeah it's interesting because i've been hearing in a lot in media uh, a lot of people calling her the sort of the front runner in this race mm-hmm. but honestly i mean i've been watching michigan politics politics for several years now and it's it to me i don't know honestly at this point i was out when i was talking to those people that we heard at the top of this segment i also asked hey do you know who's running for governor mm-hmm. and uh it's sort of as a preliminary thing for a future mishmash episode that we'll, we'll be doing spoiler alert Stay uh tuned. yeah uh <laughs> and you know the only name that i got for most people was shri tanadar who mm-hmm. is running against mm-hmm. uh gretchen whitmer there were a couple people that said gretchen i don't know her last name a couple people said Lieutenant Governor uh, was running for for, but that was it. I mean that which was very very interesting, a little yeah. bit disturbing to me. Uh, but uh, that that there was not a, an awareness this close to the primaries of who was actually running. But Shri Tanadar clearly, having spent millions of his own uh, dollars on TV ads, has been getting that name recognition and with. Uh, TV ads that are catchy too, that they kind of, you know, make mm-hmm. you kind of perk up in your seat and see like, what is, what's going on on my TV uh-huh. right now? Uh-huh. That sort of thing. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see how much that pays off. Obviously, Abdul El Sayed is also, as I said about Rashida Tlaib earlier, also getting endorsements from some of these really progressive Democrats, uh, you know, around the country that uh, have won recently, that it's getting him some national attention as well. Um, you know, I really, you know, I said in 2016, I'm out of the prediction making business and I'm going <laughs> to stay that way for this race. I think a lot of us said that. (laughs) I think a lot of people feel that way. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET.
WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Jake Neer. He's a Detroit Today producer. And Shana Roth, who is the state capital reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Together, they are Mishmash, which airs <laughs> on WDET on Fridays at 445 during All Things Considered and Sunday mornings during Weekend Edition. Their latest edition explores the importance of registering to vote and going to the polls for the August primary, which is what we are talking about. You want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us, do you plan to go to the polls in August to vote in the primary elections? If so, why is that important? And if not, especially we want to hear from you, why don't you think it's a good use of your time and energy to go and vote? Uh, if you are voting, tell us which races you are especially interested in watching. Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to Detroit yeah, Today. Good morning to all. You know what, Steve, as far as like voting, uh, and I'm talking about me and my people, I'm standing on the shoulders of people who were not, who didn't die, but they were killed for me to have the right to be able to do what I'm going to do on August 7th. Sure. And I always vote in the primary and the general, because the way I look at it is this. In terms of the primary, the primary is like going to a, a salad bar where everything is fresh. <laughs> but, you know, mm-hmm. when you get to the general, I mean, okay, you got, I'm not, you know, and I'm trying, trying to be, you know, condescending or anything, but you got the scraps left on. <laughs> okay? But, um, you know, I've been voting, I, I can't remember, either, either <laughs> at the time I turned 21 or either I was 18, but I've been voting, and I can't remember missing a vote since I've been voting. That would have been in 1965. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'm going to continue to vote because guess what? All the people who stay at home and don't vote and they abdicate their civic duty, guess what? You get what I want. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's really true. You're going to mm-hmm. let somebody else make the choices for you. It's not as if that choice won't get made if you don't show up. Yeah. Tom, as always, Absolutely. thanks very much for the call. And, and Tom, the 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 just to reiterate something Shana said earlier is that like sometimes sometimes with the way that our districts are drawn in Michigan with uh, gerrymandering, with uh, the way that redistricting works here, the primary really is the it's only the game election. in town. That's right. It's mm-hmm. the it's it is yeah. the election. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Tom, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Lindsay in Royal Oak. Lindsay, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me on. Sure. So the thing I'm most excited about this time around is how many women are running. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a volunteer for Moms Demand Action, and we have annual training. And the biggest thing that stood out to me last year at my training was they stated a statistic. And I don't remember the exact number, but it was less than 20% of um, elected positions in this country, and there's half a million of them are held by women. So that's where I have my this time is how many women are running for the first time and mm-hmm. how many, I mean, they're really qualified. And then the other thing that gets me really excited too from um, my work um, in gun safety is how many of them have that on their agenda, gun safety, and have gotten um, something called a gun sense distinction for moms in action. So I'm excited to see a lot of women and I'm excited to see that they're focusing on one of the things that really matters a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I really appreciate uh, those thoughts. The, the, the observation about the number of women 
running has been made a lot at not just mm-hmm. here in Michigan, but but out on a national scale. I guess uh, it's true that there are more women running than ever before for posts uh, around the country, and they've been successful in a lot of the, the contests that have been held before, more successful than they have uh, in the past. And I guess we will have to wait and see what that looks like here. Uh, on August 7th, there are, of course, a lot of women on the ballot on August 7th uh, for, for almost all of the races that uh, that will be decided. Lindsay, thanks again for the call and the comments. Let's go to Anthony in Belleville. Anthony, welcome to Detroit today. Hello. Thank hey. you for taking my call. Sure. See, I, I have to disagree with people who say those of us that stay home get what the voters get. You have to earn my vote, mm-hmm. period. Mm -hmm. I'm not voting for the sake of voting. If I don't like the candidates, if they're not speaking to me and earning my vote, why am I going to give someone my vote? That's a waste of a vote. Yeah, Anthony, I I totally appreciate that that perspective. At the same time, though, not voting doesn't prevent the people who haven't earned your vote from getting ahead. In other words, you feel like they haven't earned your vote, either of them, but one of them ends up being uh, the representative anyway. Why not at least choose from the least offensive option, I guess? Uh, why why not approach it that way? You haven't earned. What, say that again? I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. not giving away something that someone has not earned. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective, Anthony. I can't say I agree, but I really appreciate... Uh, you calling and and sharing that with us? Go yeah, ahead, Anthony. Jay. I appreciate that too. Uh, I, one of the things I would say though is is just look at the disparity between the the general election and the primary. I mean, for me, the biggest thing is that only twenty percent of the people show up in the primary. Mm-hmm. In in the general election, it's much higher. Now, don't you think that you have? Uh, more of a chance of uh, finding a candidate that aligns with your values and what you believe in in a primary where there are more choices than in, in the general. I mean, I think that's what, what sticks out to me, especially yeah. with these numbers. Yeah. Okay, Jake Neer, Detroit Today producer. Uh, thanks very much for coming into the studio, as mm. always. Thanks, Stephen. And Shana Ross, state capital reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Always good to talk with you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Stephen. Yes, and you can catch Mishmash, the two of them together, on WDAET on Fridays at 4.45 during All Things Considered and Sunday mornings during Weekend Edition. All right, up next, we're going to talk about the new trade war with China and what it means here in Michigan. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's conversation, you can always go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We will be right back with more Detroit Today.